0: Take that, White America!
1: You said it's so white. When you said yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Sound blacker. Ugh, fuck you. <laughs> Welcome into Film Tank the weekly podcast that covers both new and classic cinema. On this episode of Film Tank, we discuss the new Barry Jenkins film, which is 2016's Moonlight. If you would like to get in touch with Film Tank, you can always email us at filmtankshow at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Film Tank Show. And you can listen to all of our episodes on our website, filmtankshow.com, or on iTunes. And now, here are your hosts, Nick Cheney, Toussaint Egan, and myself, Alex Diekman. Hey there again, everybody, and welcome back into Film Tank. I am Alex Diekman, along with Nick Cheney and Toussaint Egan. Bonjour. Hello. Cool. Welcome. <laughs> it's always good to see your mugs here. Thank you. Around Thank the you. table. Yeah. That is, in fact, a I like a your mug, too. Thank you. No, I mean
2: your coffee mug. Oh, you yeah. son of a bitch.
1: Waka waka. You do have coffee mugs here. It's we do. Weird. We've never drinking yeah. out of them. Oh. I've drank out of them. Coffee? No. And I no. went to so
0: much trouble no. to get them. I
1: don't drink coffee. I do. Every day. Well, pretty congratulations. much. Thank you. I'm glad. There we go. I prefer my colon clean. <laughs> the film we're talking about today Thanks, is... This A film from this year that just recently came out to theaters and has made it pretty wide in terms of availability if you had wanted to go see it. Uh, and that is a film called Moonlight. Uh, this movie just caught on here probably, I don't know, maybe like two months ago in terms of critics getting a hold of it and mm-hmm. more people seeing it. And now here it is, a film that pretty much undoubtedly will be nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars. Yeah. Um and I don't necessarily disagree with that.
0: Yeah. So take that, Nate Parker. I thought you were going to say
1: something else there, but <laughs> that's <laughs> take that, White America.
0: <laughs> I could say that too yeah, if right. you want me to. <laughs> yeah. Do hey, you want me to? <laughs> yeah, do it. Take that, White America.
1: <laughs> you sounded so white when you said Yeah. That. Oh boy. Sound blacker.
0: Fuck you. <laughs> you. So James this- Stewart.
1: God.
2: Take that, white America!
0: Not this episode, Pirates, guys. I want to live ag- <laughs> Not this episode. I want to live again. No.
1: Let me tell you about a dog named Bo. <laughs> so the film Moonlight, yeah, is a timeless story of human connection and self-discovery. Timeless, but it jumps through time. <laughs> uh, Moonlight chronicles the life of a young black man. Why are you laughing? No. No. Do it again. No. (laughs) From childhood to adulthood, as he struggles to find his place. (laughs) Oh,
2: spoilers.
1: Both of you. Oh, my God. Struggles to find his place
0: Uh, in the world while growing up in a rough neighborhood in Miami. (laughs) This is awful. Oh, my God. You too. Uh, Why why this episode? (laughs) Why Moonlight? Because it's a great movie. It's a great movie, and it deserves better.
1: Uh the film stars people uh <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I I, I mean I've, I I it sounds racist and I'm sorry but yeah. like some of these names like I don't I honestly What Janelle Monet. Well that's
2: why you're the host.
1: <laughs> Thank you. No, uh, so mer-, mer.
0: Do you want me to do it? No. Okay. That would be giving Wait. up.
2: Oh, but I kind of
1: want to see what he would come up with. Okay. <laughs> there you go.
0: There you yeah. go. Do it. Yeah. There it is. Here we go.
1: And Toussaint... Our resident. ...gives us the names of the black people that were in the film. Okay, here we
0: go. Well, first off, I already know... First of all, let me (laughs) say the names of the white people. I I already know... Okay, Toussaint, you go. (laughs) There are no white people in this movie. That's exactly the point. Okay, Marishal Ali, who you might know from... Um, he was actually on the recent, uh, season of Luke Cage as the first arc, uh, antagonist. He, he
1: also was, was uh, in the
0: last two Hunger Games films. Yeah.
1: What was he? He's the person who, uh... Leads the rebellion or something. Well, not, he doesn't lead the rebellion. Oh, uh, that's Katniss Everdeen, motherfucker. Yeah, he's actually the, uh... To- <laughs> A white person. The token black guy who actually, uh, takes Katniss from scene to scene. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then gets killed off pretty early in the, uh, fourth film. Yeah, yeah okay. You didn't even. It's the only name you gave us. I'm can, sorry. Can we your, have some your, more here. Your
0: your, your phone relocks your cat. So sorry about that. That Gus. that's yeah.
1: gonna be really weird for our audience. Uh, for those who don't uh, know what my phone looks like,
0: yeah, that's a cat on my
1: cover. It. My cover photo, uh, on my background photo, actually, yeah. is uh, my cat Gus. Oh. So yeah. Gus. yes,
0: uh, Sheriff Yarp as uh, <laughs> <laughs> Terrence. Yes. Yes. Did you say Yarp? ERP ERP. Uh, y- oh, I was
2: gonna say, are you the guy
1: from Hot Fuzz? No.
0: no. Um I'm which, probably.
1: Uh, which role did Elf play?
0: I don't <laughs> know. Uh Dwayne Sanderson as Azu, uh Alex R. Hibbert as Little. And cool. Jan- Janelle Monet
1: yeah.
0: uh Naomi Harris. Uh, I know her. I should have known that one. Jaden Piner. Is she the mom? Yes. Yeah, a bunch of uh Bunch of people.
1: All right. Good yeah, job. Yeah. Just a bunch, of, uh, bunch of black people. Yeah. No, just a bunch of people. That also is true. We yep. don't see color.
2: Uh, In fact, why don't we talk about this movie Lord. and not talk about race?
0: Um, so
1: I will say, uh, for me, uh, this is my favorite film poster of the year.
0: It's beautiful. I'm a huge fan of it. Can I say that and, uh, it took yeah.
2: me way too many... <laughs> views of the poster to realize that it was the three different... (laughs) Why are there different colors? Well, I just thought it was like... like, Because I never... You know... So, anyway. I'm an idiot.
0: Damn, Nick.
1: It just... (laughs)
2: racist piece of
1: shit. No, it's just like...
2: (laughs) I just couldn't tell that there was like three different bodies happening.
1: No, and that's why it works so well in the colors that it uses and the text, uh, which is the same text from the Frank and Lolo poster but used to a much better effect. (laughs) Mm. It's a a wonderful poster and uh, if you haven't seen it, I would suggest popping open Google Images and giving it a look. But yeah, this is is quite the film and... um, I feel racist asking if Tucson wants to go first. So, um, so I mean,
0: I will go first if you okay. want me to. But I'm not asking because yeah, you you're black. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. It's, okay. it's, I cool. Just, it's cool. I'm just it's interested cool. to it's know cool. what your thoughts are. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> all right cool okay so as a black person um you stole my line yeah maybe because i fucking deserve it anyway um, Oh boy, i, I really you fucking entitled black people now. i really liked this movie um i think that Fucker. we need i think that a film like this uh should be seen and really needed to exist and i feel like it it has a singular like purpose right now, especially in this time, because there's one thing, at least speaking from at least my experience as a black person is like, I feel like there aren't a lot of, there aren't a lot of, there isn't a lot of media that speaks to the multiplicity of like black masculinity. And I feel like there's this, not even an undercurrent, but sometimes there's this outward attitude of, of disdain or outright just homophobia against like, Gay people or anyone from the LGBT like community, especially just uh, as an outreach from the Black community, and I feel like this film doesn't really double down on trying to be a. It doesn't try to double down on being a uh, a a gay narrative. It's not necessarily a. It, 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 it's not. It's ostensibly trying to be like a like a Black film. It's more of like a human film, and I'm not trying to say that to divorce it from the reality that is. It is about a gay black man who is coming through um childhood and adolescence and into adulthood and learning to accept himself i it just really neither
2: s- one of those two defining traits overshadow each other
0: no not at all and and i i i felt like outside of those experiences myself like i've I, i've i felt sort of the way that he's felt in in in, in some cases like when he when he gets bullied by somebody and there's there's a scene a really tense scene the eye that just left me aghast um where he is just washing his his face from blood after being like beaten pummeled for for no reason um and just walks into class nobody pays him any mind picks up a chair and like swings at the back of this dude i was just like gets arrested and has to leave the state pretty get, much gets though. arrested and has to leave the state that has never happened to me, but I know I' like as soon as I, I I saw him do that I was like dude, I have felt that way I know what the that's worst like. part of yeah. that
1: entire scene is him talking with the principal
0: whoever, and pretty yeah. much
1: being being just told he's the reason why this is happening. That's
0: bullshit. Yeah, that's absolute bullshit. By
1: the way, I've seen that happen actually in a classroom. One The time. chair? or
0: Not
2: chair, per okay. se, but one time uh, in a reading class it was a... Uh, <laughs> I took a remedial reading class as an elective because I didn't want to take a class that actually required thought <laughs> process. <laughs> And um <laughs> You're fucking Johnny Knoxville. God, no, because I was in <laughs> Honors I was in Honors English. I Quint- just took that Quintessential as well. Nick. <laughs> and what uh, <laughs> Well, they allowed it. And so um I guess so. at one point uh during silent reading time, <laughs> um this this one kid got up, like for no like they were not talking or anything like that but for no apparent reason this one kid got up and started like lunges across the room and started beating the shit out of another student Mm -hmm. Uh, one of the football players that were on the
0: team oh was it two football players
2: no 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 in the class had to get up and restrain him and like it was a pretty scary situation because there was blood everywhere and yeah anyway yeah it was just a weird thing because I'm like I feel like a lot of people would watch that scene of Moonlight and be like wow not that they would disbelieve it but like I've never seen that before but like I'm like oh I remember when that happened (laughs) in my own
0: class. I remember when that happened in my reading class. We were reading Jane yeah. Eyre. I just, yeah, the,
1: the whole anyway. bully aspect of this film is something that, that yeah. we'll get into a little more yeah. later, I'm sure. Really quickly before you continue, mm-hmm. um, the, uh, you talk about stereotypes in, in this kind of film mm-hmm. and... Uh, the 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 black man mm-hmm. and a gay black man at that. Yeah. How about the fact that we have uh, two prominent characters who are drug dealers here who aren't thugs?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's um, it, it it's it's a it's a tense line to toe in that, and I and I feel like I I see the humanity of those characters a lot more than I There's... do like them as as caricatures or or monsters as as others others would like make them out to be similar
2: to uh an often praised piece of media HBO's The Wire yeah. um these characters are so well written that I never get the sense that they are where they are simply because they're black mm-hmm. but because of a large group of uh si- situational things that happen mm-hmm. that very well-made target African-Americans yeah. in our culture, but it's not a one-on-one ratio as to cause-effect. It's, it's a lot of things that happen that work together to make these things. But, yeah, yeah where – but, yes, where we have these two kids. That's the other – because that's the danger of writing a story like this mm-hmm. is to be like, well – because you can sidestep that whole thing completely, but then are you kind of ashamed of your own culture? I mean, you mm-hmm. know, there, there's so many things, that this doesn't back down from, you know – I mean, the – one thing I loved as an experience, my mom, I took my mom to see this movie, and she really enjoyed it. And my mom just not, like, I, I personally don't consider my mom, like, racist or anything yeah. like that. And I'm not going to say but. um, But one thing my mom just, just cannot stand mm-hmm. is rap music. Because right. she, which is, you know, her totally, not yeah. because she thinks that she just doesn't like it herself yeah. yeah and um one thing about that is because she doesn't like to hear the n-word mm-hmm. over and over and yeah. and you know whatnot and so it was kind of funny because this movie like it opens up with
0: uh the, the song yeah. that's that's sampled by kendrick lamar and his, his newest album yep yeah. and
2: so i just kind of heard my mom like comfortably or uncomfortably flinch for a second yeah like, is this gonna be a bumpy ride no. for you know and yet she she, ha- she ended up loving the movie and i think it, and that's the thing is that it presents this culture as is but yet breaks down uh, the common barriers that I would think the uh, the public perception has of them.
0: I think it it's looking back I think that song is actually really appropriate in opening up this 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 movie because as as much as it can can be kind of flinch-worthy to like hear that as like in the song i'm talking about in particular is called every nigger is a star yeah. it's like it's a song that that has this this weird dichotomy within it in that it's talking about self-love but also it's repurposing a a, a loaded um a loaded term that has a lot of like cultural baggage like heaped onto it so it just becomes this this it, it, it's it's very hard and 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 you will always elicit a reaction out of somebody from from like hearing that and i feel like that same potency like transfers to the actual like film itself yeah so um yeah i i i absolutely love this film i i i don't feel like i'm doing it credit for for just my analysis right now it's like i feel like there's just so many depths to this i think that um i i can't wait to watch it again i i think that my favorite character um really is uh uh, Marichala Ali's uh, character of the the drug dealer who sort of like takes little under his under his wing, so to yeah, speak. Yeah,
1: he's the uh, front runner for best supporting actor. Really. Yeah,
0: he. I hope so. That, yeah, that character just like, like that that that
1: scene at the uh, the table that's just fantastic. Yeah, the the, the scene <laughs> of, that's just
0: the scene at the table is is when when he's talking about like like malehood and just like sexuality. How about know?
1: how about if you're how about like, we're talking about all the, the stereotypes, mm-hmm. and, and very much this film yeah. just breaks down different things, but you have a film that has a black man who's a drug dealer mm-hmm. in a do-rag yeah. uh, sitting at a table feeding a hungry-looking black child
0: yeah.
1: uh, and trying to, you know, just work his way as a fatherly figure mm-hmm. into his
0: life. As a mentor, yeah.
1: Yeah, sure. And he's just sitting there and then all of a sudden out of the blue the child just asks him, uh, what what does faggot mean? Yeah. And that's just like
0: And into into it just,
1: it just got so real so fast and it like you can't just not answer yeah. that. And, and and I think his answer about it uh was pretty much probably the best answer I've ever heard to yeah. somebody asking something like that. It was just fantastic. Yeah,
0: that, that um I could have seen that scene going so many different ways just knowing about how like again how homosexuality can be treated within like the black community and it doesn't make it right doesn't make it okay and it's like and I was just really I was really touched by um his performance and his words from that character that was it was it was perfect that's what that that film needed.
1: Um I'm forgetting her name right now cuz she's
0: Janelle Monet. Yeah.
1: Her character was fantastic, too. I, I enjoyed her her role of Teresa in such yeah. a, in terms of her screen time, a minor character, but definitely plays a large character throughout all three of the <laughs> stories, as clearly she is the mother figure that he latched onto, because his own mother having so many interesting issues... Uh, throughout that definitely made her more of a stereotype uh than any other character in this film
0: it was such a a minor comedic beat during that really tense scene that, and we and we really <laughs> yeah. needed it it was it was when and, little uh, was just like like am i a faggot it was like no you're not it's like i mean and then he's like looks yeah, over no. to her and she just like sh- like closes her eyes yeah. and like shakes her head. like it no, wasn't even that but no. he
2: after he asked he he says am i a faggot and He's like, no, a faggot is what gay pe- or straight people call gay men to make them feel bad about yeah. themselves. Yeah. And then he goes, you know, and he goes, don't let anyone ever call you one. And then he goes, "Well, I'd la- I'd la- <laughs> yeah. which you know draws up connotations of like the n word and yeah. like, can you reappropriate?" it? Sure. And, yeah. and I just love Janelle Monet's like like just little just black. like no, perfect, that's, a perfect
1: facial yeah. reaction. But, that's
0: a little too that's a little too much right now. It's like yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: but that whole scene is in in a in a film that uh, really is. If you guys don't mind, if I jump into yeah, my thoughts, uh, this is a film that uh, Nick mm-hmm. brings us up as uh, something that the way he views films and gives them ratings and uh holds them in high esteem if he keeps thinking about them after uh seeing the film this is definitely a movie that i uh have given thought to since seeing it in the theater and i think for sure especially seeing this film as a white male uh, and this is the kind of film that usually is not up my alley, uh, in terms of the story structure here. Uh, but this is the kind of film that definitely, A, makes you think, and B, uh, it's the little things about this story and the way it's told that are going to connect with the audience, because there's not a lot of pizzazz here, there's not a lot of great, um fireworks that you're going to see on the screen and think oh man this is amazing it's not a martin scorsese film or anything like that there is just such great writing and uh such great dialogue here too that this film just is just there for you to think about and um i have to say too the final 20 minutes of this film are just so fantastic Uh, in the diner scene that it's just Mm -hmm. the film sets you up for the final scene and I enjoyed this film through the first two acts Um, specifically the first act I thought was really strong the second part of this film was okay I thought I, I thought there were some parts about it that were really strong and some parts that I was just okay with but the the third act of this film in the the diner with the adult versions of both uh, Kevin little, and
2: Chiron, yeah, Kevin
1: and Chiron, um, just made it feel so authentic and so real, and it was just an awesome uh, final scene of of any film, uh, but but this, particularly this one, just completely knocked it out of the park and and made me so happy that I went to the theater to see this mm-hmm. because it just sums up everything about this film and what it's trying to do and, and what life's all about. And especially full circle moments. And it sucks because I, again, I don't have a really a a way to to talk about it because I'm a a white man, but the, the feeling of these two guys who obviously their lives have been going in somewhat different directions, but here they are (laughs) meeting up again. And it doesn't necessarily have to be because, they're two gay men because they're two black men, but it's just because they are two friends who are now meeting up and mm-hmm. sort of understanding that they are now at this point in their lives where they've decided to, uh, be together in this one moment, whether it be just to mm-hmm. be together at the diner and then the night after or, or whatever. Cause obviously we don't right. find out anymore right, yeah. than that. But, um, the, the whole story, uh, specifically the bullying aspect of this film, which, um, you know, I had to feel very strongly about
0: because fuck bullies. I think it's not literally, not literally.
1: I think it's society's understanding of bullies that always makes me so angry about it. Yeah. Um, it's, and it's, it's the, something that this film perfectly captures, which is the bullies almost being sympathized with by the adults for some reason. and, uh, the young children who honestly just need someone to be there for them, and they're pretty much told that they're doing it wrong, mm-hmm. is just uh something that infuriates me, but I already mentioned Naomi Harris's character, who I actually think is kind of for me at least the worst written character in the entire film, at least for the first two acts, mm-hmm. delivers that excellent scene in the third act. Uh, where she pretty much breaks down and talks about how she didn't give him love when he needed love when he was younger, and that's um, that's that's how I feel about Little's character. Uh, and I keep calling him that, but he doesn't want to be called that. He I wants know. to be called yeah. um, I'm Troy. Well, you
2: always call me that.
1: Yeah, but um, yeah, the bullying aspect of this film is something that definitely connected with me big time. Mm-hmm. Not that I was a horrible victim of bullying, but I definitely remember when I was a kid, right um catching bullshit just from people who wanted to be cool or, yeah. or whatever. And specifically I remember one moment when I was uh, a freshman in high school, pretty much being told by a teacher, you know, you can't you can't take that. You know, you can't – them like and, But it, if I fight then I'm gonna get sick. <laughs> See that's the thing. Like it, there's no there's no winning <clears throat> right? response to that. It's no. just why are we saying that the person who's the bully I mean And that's the thing, like pretty much the just someone who's sympathized with by the adults and felt like you should be like him because that's what you should be. And that's Mm -hmm. just uh, – it it just causes a lot more trouble than I think it uh, tries to solve. Yeah, Yeah, the the modern
2: climate of
1: the high school or middle school or
2: uh, elementary school, I almost hesitate to call it bullying because I feel like the children are so young that – like
1: they can I, I'm more specifically talking about the high we're at high
2: school, high school yeah. middle school when you're older uh like it's That's more targeted and we foster an environment that says bully or be bullied like mm-hmm. it's one or the other, which is why I was a bully and uh <laughs> i I'm, I'm, I'm not joking. Uh, <laughs> Hey, I was like less than five feet tall. If I didn't bully, I would have been bullied. So what the fuck?
1: Yeah, but see, Uh, man, we 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 breed it. We breed a culture that your fucking school was Oz. We we breed a culture that allows that and and says. Oh yeah, I hit a kid with my lacrosse stick and I didn't get in trouble and I did it in front of my. Why did you have a lacrosse stick? We were in PE. You played lacrosse in PE, yeah. So Man, this you went kid to like a rich white person school. I guess I
2: wouldn't say I was a bully. I guess I was just a reactionary. Yeah. Like uh, when I was walking out to the lacrosse field because we were playing lacrosse uh, for for Jim, uh, a kid who I hated. I made a yeah, I made a joke because I was a very funny person, still yeah. am. And this one kid who does not have a sense of humor, and that's why he sucked, um, said, "Ha, that was so funny! I almost forgot to." Or he goes, "I, I couldn't hear the joke." because I didn't turn up my hearing aid, which if the listeners don't know, I wear hearing aids. So he thought that that was especially clever. So I took my lacrosse stick and I swung it across the back of his shin and he went down. And then the gym teacher (laughs) was right there and then the guy was like almost crying. He was like did you see what he did? And then Um, the gym teacher went, yeah, I did. And then he goes, Nick, why'd you hit him? And I said, he said my joke wasn't funny. And then the gym teacher said, well, it it was pretty funny. And then he kept walking. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think my teachers, at least that particular teacher, is smart enough to know when yeah, someone's yeah, being an idiot, yeah. whatever. Sure, but anyway, yeah. I was not a great kid. Uh, <laughs> oh, whatever.
1: What we say? Uh, no, I was just kind of. I was finishing my thoughts there. Yeah. Pretty much is that I really did enjoy this film, and it is definitely a movie I will be watching uh, again, probably multiple times. But. Um, Yeah, this is uh, definitely a fantastic film that uh, definitely breaks some barriers, I think. And uh, some that people should see. And if people aren't going to see it and then people say, why doesn't our society uh, become more engaged and give more uh, films chances when it comes to awards or, or anything and then no one goes and sees it? I have nothing to say to that. This is a film that... People should see and give their time to, and if they don't have an hour and forty-five minutes to give to it, then you know what—you have nothing to stand on. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: okay, pretty much. Yeah,
2: um, I hated this movie. I thought it was really tacky. Oh. Um, not enough white people.
0: Oh, not and... enough
2: no i i absolutely love this movie i thought it was phenomenal um it, it definitely a grower for me because i really enjoyed it the first time i saw it but i've seen it twice since so i've seen it three times now and it's grown every time and uh it's now pretty much quite uh looming over my the rest of the films i've seen this year um I what I sp- love about this movie is that <clears throat> its specificity in its this in the story and the character it's portraying does not take away from the universality of uh, the emotions and mm-hmm. um, what Sharon deals with. I mean, on the one hand, that's
0: a much better way of like putting it than. I sort of like not to diffuse no. it of, of well no I I like the way that you put it is like not to diffuse it of it being a story about black people <laughs> or a story about homosexuality but it this, its specificity like it's does not, proudly about those things yes of course It is yes. it, it does not hide those things or transcend them yeah. like it's it it is what it is yeah,
2: yeah. but as uh, but as a white uh, heterosexual male I I connected to it a lot because yeah. um uh, it's so much about. Uh, all the things that we deal with, whether it be the, the importance of intimacy, which is not a thing that usually is like,
0: uh, cordoned off by one spectrum of of sexuality. Yeah. Like
2: it's always like intercourse or bust, like, so to speak, Mm -hmm. like as far as like what somebody's lofty high school goals are for themselves, whatever here, it's not even that like, it's not like an American pie uh, which I'm not nagging, but that's a comedy as right. far as like view on like, oh, I want to get laid. But this is a, a person desperately clinging with the idea that he would like to be close with people yeah. um, in a way that clearly uh, people around him are telling him is wrong in some way. And I think that's telling as to why the movie ends with what Cena does, which is the reunion uh, between him and Kevin. Um, which isn't explicitly sexual and yet is undoubtedly intimate. Like like that is something he would not do with somebody else uh, in that situation uh, at that period of time. And I absolutely love that about this movie, that that's what it kind of culminated with. Um, Yeah, there's there's so much I loved about this movie. I thought the three-act structure was... Superbly handled. I I agree in the sense that I think the second act is the weakest of the three, but I almost feel like that's kind of in, not intentional, but it, maybe unintentional, but it absolutely works for the idea that, that I mean, is, there are
1: very few films where, and honestly, if your film's best part is the second act, you did it wrong.
0: Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs>
2: that's and that's
0: true. And, it's a and, transitionary period yeah. not only in the film but also in the life of this character.
2: Exactly because so, that is the one uh section of the um of the movie in which it's titled after his actual name because I think he's trying to live up to that. Like where it's the first you know the first act he has nothing to live up to so to speak he just is and trying to figure out what he's going to end up being or whatever. And of course the second act he's it's failing at every turn, so to speak, to live up to his own namesake and whatnot. And then the third act, he, you know, of course, he's got the front literal and metaphorical, yeah. um, as to who he is and whatnot. So I, I, I think that's all by design. Um, but I gotta say, what what blows me away about the three act structure is, personally, at least, I, I say that each act works as its own short film. Like they, I think they're an incredible sense of continuity between them both with the actors performances that somehow i i would say practically magically work together because that's pretty rare it's one thing if it was two people but three people to truly uh carry on the legacy of a character from from you know scene to scene and in in a 90 to 100 minute time span that's pretty phenomenal in my opinion um But also, like, each of those acts within themselves are compelling in their own right as little microcosms of the emotions that, you know, the the protagonist and the viewer uh, probably experienced when they were that young. And, yeah, as so many other things, as a snapshot of a subculture that I'm not a part of, but I would like to see more representation of Mm -hmm. uh, in cinema, as a uh, love letter to um just the kind of humanistic ideal that we should all reach out to each other because i mean ultimately that's why i think this is one of the most uplifting movies mm-hmm. maybe ever made because uh even though the first two acts are quite bleak as far as like you know you you wonder how shiron is going to you know grow up and uh, actually find himself, but we ultimately do get affirmation that it, it is possible to, to come to grips, uh, peacefully with oneself, but it all, it, it, it should never have to be done alone. Yeah. And it's because of Kevin's phone call that becomes the incident that makes him. And that one seemingly meaningless act, clearly when he shows up to Kevin, he's like, wait, you know, why are you here? So to, so it's not like he, you know, was truly like, oh, I'm going to save this guy or whatever. Yeah. But it just shows that these small acts of not kindness, but of human connection can honestly mean the world to somebody else and do more profound good than we, uh, we expect. And that's a pretty hopeful message. Yeah.
0: I think that bleakness um, in the first two acts is absolutely necessary for the affirmation of the, of the third um, just because it kind of plays into sort of the, um, and this is just like my, my own personal view and idea on, on intimacy is like, it's like, you know, affection is abundant. Reciprocity is infrequent. Like yes. that's sort of like the cornerstone of most human relationships, um, and I feel like this film sort of like played into that, and really just sort sort of like delved into sort of like how hard it can be to sort of like reach out and to find intimacy, especially like at that at that time in your in your life when you're when you're young, and then you're moving into adolescence. But let alone when who you are as a person is. The, the the very core of you is is, is treated as a it's pariah. It's like an affront to other people. As as a pariah to, to your entire environment. Like that's even that's even more scary. That's even more tumultuous to try and like bridge that gap. And uh yeah, I think that this film is just a, a supreme testament to 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 intimacy and in the human experience. So.
1: so I have a question for you, Tuza. Yeah. And this uh, really has nothing to do with uh with the, yeah, racial aspect yeah. of this film, however, uh, it is something that I thought of mm-hmm. immediately, uh, while watching the film, and I brought it up to Nick. Pretty much not even questioning, my thought about it, and he was kind of non-committal to his thoughts on that. All oh. he he pretty much said he did disagreed with my mm-hmm. view of it. Um, did you feel like Chiron's mother was a prostitute?
0: Um, I would not say that she is a prostitute. She's, thank you for
1: thank you for giving a very clear answer. She, to that. she, but you
0: would not say, or you, you would wouldn't not. not say. I, I would say that she's not a prostitute. Okay, I don't think that she is necessarily a prostitute, but rather she. It's it's one of those situations where she roams from one sort of non-committal relationship to the next it's
1: not she roams it, from provider to provider yeah. from
0: provider to provider whether that be somebody who provides her um I don't o- think
2: she's all there enough to be
1: a prostitute yeah like it's, <laughs> well, it, this is no, not I'm just a,
0: saying this is not a job to her like this is right. this is this is just an existence I
1: and, guess um for me there were so many small moments mm-hmm. And like
0: when they're parked out in front of
1: uh, that's one of them. But the other being brought in with the technical aspects of her with the guy. Now it's the same guy. Yeah. I believe in both scenes. Mm-hmm. But on the table and they get up and walk into the bedroom and mm-hmm. just the way that she opens the door and you have that kind of neon light coming out of her bedroom and yeah. then she walks in. The whole movie's neon though. I know, but still I'm it's just sorry. some there was just yeah. some right, about no, that, that saying... made my brain think, What is what's going on here? Like I is don't... she is she selling herself for I mean, I think I she mean... is in a way, yeah, yeah. but
2: not in an actual proprietary yeah, yeah,
0: I don't I don't think that she's reporting to a John or anything like yeah, that. It's sure. just right, it's right. just uh
2: like there's a fine line between there, how she's conducting her life. There's and... an
0: there's an unspoken perhaps semi-unspoken uh exchange of Goods and services. Uh, yeah, I guess so in that way. I'm yeah. trying to find another way to way to put that, but yeah. yeah. How
1: about yeah. the uh also speaking really quickly again on the on the mother and uh on the second act, mm-hmm. the two things that I said were my least favorite. But here's this part yeah. that uh I thoroughly enjoyed. How about uh that extremely uh bizarre camera work with the scene of her walking back with Chiron to yeah. the house from uh the yard in the middle of that? It felt, it just, it just felt so... When it kept on snapping back and forth? Yeah, it felt like I couldn't tell if we were having a flashback experience or if this is just so chaotic and this is, and it's just encapsulating someone who's strung out on drugs, I think. I, I think. Very well. And and I just did not know what was happening. I think that's exactly what the filmmaker was going for. So well done on that.
0: Yeah, I think that it was it was sort of you could take it as that as like it could be communicative of their own um instability in that moment but i also thought it was sort of um maybe even reflective of Chiron's own emotional state in that like being conf- like a static shot of him just walking through that scene and then meeting his mother in that condition in that state and just like it's it's an emotional shell shock moment it's just like how do you you're you're just trying to find your you're trying to find your footing emotionally in, in, yeah. in that sort of sense. Like, how do I respond to this? Am I, am I a child? Am I this person's child? Or am yeah. I like their, their keeper now? Yeah. Like, I know.
2: love the, the head on camera angle of that, which is like very unflinching as yeah. to how Chiron looks down or up to his mother mm-hmm. and how that almost conveys, especially with the editing as like, it keeps cutting out, even though the audio continues. Um, and how that conveys that, like, drug addiction is, doesn't just affect the person who is addicted. It's it, everyone around it, you. Yes, it has transitive properties that uh, can mentally uh, break somebody who has to deal with it as well. And mm-hmm. that's clearly what's happening with Sharon as well. And yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I, I absolutely love that. Um, one thing I definitely wanted to mention mm-hmm. was the... Uh, I really want to commend this movie um, for not feeling the need to um, pigeonhole or nail down Kevin's sexuality. Um, Like, it is just a fact as far as who he is. And, like, you know, we we, we get the scenes with him and uh, Chiron, and we hear that, you know, he clearly has sex with women, too, and I like that the movie doesn't have a scene in which he has to explain, well, I'm bisexual, and I prefer this or that, whatever, which could very well be true of a person or of a character, but the movie just does not have time with trying to uh, make sure that, you know, people completely understand what a spectrum of sexuality looks like. It just accepts it as a matter of fact, and I, I absolutely love that part of it. I like
0: that it can... It, it feels confident enough to this entire film is confident in, yeah. in, in what it's going on for. And I, and I applaud that confidence, but particularly in that case, I, I, I have to echo that sentiment. It's like, yeah, you don't have to explicate every damn thing. Is like, because
2: if you're like, the kind of person who's gonna watch it's like, this but movie, but Kevin has kids and he had a wife, then
0: you are not the target audience for this movie. Yeah, exactly. If, if it,
2: you're gonna be like, but I don't understand why he had sex with a woman. Well,
0: <laughs> guess what? It's it's just yeah. about the the multiplicity and yeah. the, the sort of fugue of, of of sexuality and of adolescence and in coming into your own identity. Is like, yeah, it's yeah, it's that for sure. Yeah. So yeah, this film is beautiful. Um, just go- going into my closing thoughts, I just I don't I don't I don't think that upon just like only one viewing of this film that I feel like I can really like parse out everything that's like loaded into it. It's like I love the the color scheme of this. I love the music. Um, I, I love the, I love the camera work. I think that all of the all of all all of the the actors bring so much to the characters that they have on screen. How about
1: the uh, how about the final image of the film? What are your feelings on that? I like that image
0: with the uh, with, with the young Chiron like looking out into the to the ocean or with um, well that's kind of kind of
1: what I was asking about because he he's looking out into the ocean and he turns around to yeah. see what's behind him yeah and I mean obviously there's a number of things that anybody can take from that yeah but uh, I love that I, I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on not necessarily what that meant or anything like that but but. That deciding that that's how you're going to end your film, and it is very much an abrupt ending then, because mm-hmm. it just cuts to credits, basically, after yeah. that
0: that one shot. Especially, like, leaving off with uh, with him having his hair stroked by, by yeah. Kevin. It's like, um, I don't know how to... I don't know how to art- articulate meaning out of that scene. I just thought it was a beautiful shot. I just think, I just think that it's a it's a beautiful shot that brings home a a sort of like visual motif uh, that's been recurrent throughout the the film, which is the ocean and and of him
2: under the moonlight.
0: Under the moonlight, yeah. Um, and yeah, I just it was great. It, it was it was absolutely great. I I going into my my rating for this film, I I give it. I give it four and a half out of five, and that's only because I've only seen it once, and uh, I'm looking forward to like seeing it again. And
1: this is coming from someone who does not give out five star ratings. I do
0: so. not give out five star ratings, uh, but I, I mean, unless it really like hits home for me, it's like this one really, really did. the 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 fact of it of of rating it at a four and a half out of five is a formality only for the fact that I have only seen it once. So, <laughs> yeah.
1: I can go next uh, if if you yep, want to yeah. go last, Nick, because yeah. I know you're obviously in love this film, pretty much just as much as Tucson did. Uh, did pardon me. I uh, I gave this four out of five, and it's in my top ten for the year. <laughs> and I think this is a is a absolute fantastic film. Uh, there are some parts of it that I didn't necessarily love on a first viewing, but um, I've thought more about it, and I think I'll like this film even more uh, the second time around, uh, whenever that is, when I do catch it. Um, more than anything i think this is just such a a great film to watch because it seems like this movie gets just gets all the shit out of the way that needs to of anyone who's coming in with preconceived notions I mean, even the most stereotypical nonsensical bullshit, like black people eating fried chicken or swimming, is in the film. No, for real,
0: though. There are preconceptions that are loaded into that sort of imagery. They are, but
1: they're they're, they're saying, oh, look, they're eating fried chicken, and they're swimming, and they're whatever. And it's just, it's there, because it is part of their culture, but it's not defining who they are, because as the film goes on, they're are less and less of those kind of things because yeah. this is just a story about a person and multiple people throughout that are just living their lives and they're not necessarily just a silly stereotype that you see in a
0: meme. I'll go, go, going going off of that. I really like that you that you touched on that cuz I I wasn't even thinking about that cuz it handled it so well. Yeah. Um a little bit, bit of an aside, okay? So it's going to be a tangent, but I'm, when I'm talking about a bad example, and I'm talking about a good example, which is this. Okay, so one of my favorite shows is Justice League. One of my favorite shows is Justice League, and I was watching uh, the first episode of the Justice League cartoon with my friend Josh, who is white. And Boo. no, my best friend Josh, and um, Boo it, white it, people, it, and, it, and it centers on the Green Lanterns, like uh, the the Black Green Lantern, John John Stewart. Uh voice or is he green? Voiced by uh, Phil Lamar. He's like, Shut the fuck up, Nick. Anyway, so Jon Stewart is walking through his his neighborhoods like it's a traditional black neighborhood. Stewart? It's a different John Stewart. Uh-oh. I know. It's it's. No, like, I
2: just didn't know because sometimes you mix names of. So no, it's like, no. It's okay. So exactly. it's an actual I'm sure it's not Stewart. That. Yeah, it, The Daily Show.
0: It John predates. Okay. the Daily Show. So he's well, going. It doesn't predate John Stewart, does it? He's going to pick up. Now does um, Craig
1: Kilborn make an appearance? Shut the fuck up!
0: Shut the fuck up! Anyway, Deep in uh, my heart. All right, he he goes up to pick up his his mentee, and he's uh, basically just uh, walking through through the neighborhood and stuff, right? He sees that there's a bar and there's people who are just, like, watching, like, a, a basketball game. He picks up the kid from the the basketball um, the, the, the basketball court. And then we were just, like, watching it and he was joking around. I was like, oh, man. I was like, I bet the next scene is going to be in a barber shop. And what do you know? The next fucking scene is in a fucking barbershop and it just kills me inside because that's – like, that's – as much as I love that show – it doubled down on the black stereotypes that come with that. And I feel like it put too much portent. It put too much attention on those scenes. It didn't really frame them as, as part of a human experience, but as part of like, Oh, this is what black people do in a typical day. But with moonlight, go to the barber shop. Yeah. we go to a barbershop. We go to the bar. We go to the, the entertainer. Yeah, exactly. That, that, that shit like that. It's like, but with moonlight, I feel like it just handled it in such uh, a job from in such a way.
2: <laughs> oh, child.
0: That, all those things that you're saying right now, those are all things that, that put it on to, some, to almost a, it, it, it's it's a it's a. I just love how frustrating. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to. It, it, it's it's yeah. it's almost minstrel show esque in, yeah. in how in how it you know, it exaggerates and and really strips these things away from like their human context and just frames it as oh it's a black thing, um, but in. In Moonlight is just like something so simple as like eating a meal that happens to be chicken and just like going to swim because you've never learned how to swim. They're just framed purely as as, as part of, of, of a human experience. Like it's they don't play them up. Yeah. These are just they, they this is just part of your life. They live by the beach, so of course
1: they would exactly. go swimming. Exactly. Yeah. They do enjoy fried chicken, just as most other people have enjoyed fried chicken at some point. It's not because they're black, but just because they happen to go get KFC It's that like, night. damn, it's
0: not the only thing that they eat. Right. Yeah. So, like,
1: yeah, no, that was... That it's was the only
0: thing that they show you. Then. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. Anyway. No, but
1: that was something yeah. that I that I enjoyed, that this film presented those things, but then did not make them about those silly stereotypes that everyone has heard over and over yeah. and over again mm-hmm. in every film. And in every piece of media they play, life.
0: that play to them, whether it's out of malice or not, sometimes it's just inexplicable, just oh God, and the, exhaustion. The more this film goes on, the better it gets involved
1: with its story and also uh, shows the audience that these are truly people, no matter if they were white, black, Asian, mm-hmm. whatever. These are... It's one person, but mainly it's a story of two people throughout this, right? Uh, They are the two characters who are throughout the entire story who keep end up talking together or hanging out together, yeah. And yeah, they're they're just people living their lives who enjoy some things don't enjoy other things. And they happen to be black whose life
0: might be identical or completely like divergent from your own, but still there's these, these core things that we can all.
1: But the film, I feel like breaks down so many stereotypical Mm -hmm. barriers throughout. Well, still retaining some of, of the culture in a very well put together way. I mean, this is a film that isn't necessarily going away from Drug dealing or listening to rap music, mm-hmm. and, it, and it's not necessarily saying that that that's great about. It's not that condemning cult. or glorifying. Right, them, that's the but thing. It's, like, it's... it's just showing that it is part of the culture, and right. there's not necessarily. I mean, the drug dealing thing is right, whatever. But yeah. it also is when you are have no other options. Exactly. What, yeah. What, it, what are it, you
0: supposed to do? Yeah. It, it 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 frames it with sympathy, but at the same time, is just it's
2: well, and it also. Exp- I would say explicitly condemns the system that placed uh Sharon yes. sure. in yeah. that situation. Because yeah. that's what's great about it, is that it says if Sharone ended up like this, it was our failure, not his, which mm-hmm. I, I loved as a message.
1: Yeah. And I love too about how we we know almost nothing about Juan's character is he just kind of arrives at the beginning and is a drug dealer, which he could have a very similar backstory to Sharon mm-hmm. or or not. No yeah. matter what that is, whether if he's <laughs> And I think it's very telling
2: that the movie doesn't open with a scene. Uh, it opens up with a scene of Juan instead of uh, Sharon, our own main character, because mm. I love that the movie almost gets... Like, he gets lost in the shuffle of his own opening. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Well, so, it's a, it's a fantastic film, and uh, a film that I hope people uh, just go and see whether they want to like the way that the story is told or, or not. Uh, this is... It, Pretty important film, I think, is mm-hmm. it uh definitely humanizes uh black people other than just playing them into a stereotype of having to be in a film, yeah whether it be uh as a gangster or as a drug dealer or a as, criminal or a slave or I was, or a slave. Yeah. Uh, this, uh, these are people living in you're the either world a perpetrator of violence or you're a victim of it. And right. here yeah. it's a lot more complicated than that. Well, it's, it, it's more complicated, but they are people and they are, um, not
2: they, if you have CNN, they're, I, they're I, still I, doing the research.
0: <laughs> I feel like, <laughs> Oh um, man. I wish Fuck that CNN. wasn't true. Um, But I I, just to sort of reiterate my opening point is like I feel like this film is important for the fact that it – to kind of like circle it all back because I think this speaks to the multiplicity of the black experience and I would love to see more films like this. Not exactly this story, not with these characters but like films in this similar vein that kind of like. That, sh- that shine a light on a, on a perspective that we don't get to see and handle it with the same level of maturity and respect that this one does for this story. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
1: Four out of five for me, by the way. Yep. I, I'm a big fan of this film, and I uh, probably would only raise my rating uh, yeah. going forward. So four out of five for me for Moonlight. On to Nick, who absolutely loved this film and I'm sure has a couple of final thoughts. Yeah. I did.
2: <clears throat> I, I got to say... Uh, there, There's a line in the movie in which Juan is talking a uh, little bef- uh, after he's taught about a swim, and uh, I think it's incredibly powerful, both the first time you win, but especially in retrospect, when you've seen it a few times, uh, as kind of a microcosm of what the movie is all about, and it's, it's only after he's shown him that he can do something he didn't think that he was capable of doing, in which, in this case, it's floating and swimming, um, that he just tells him point blank, don't forget... No matter where you go, there will always be black people, and I and it's it's such a sad state of affairs that that would be a talk that mm-hmm. somebody would have to realistically kind of maybe nudge you know uh, the younger generation to remind them that the representation in media or just in actual um, I don't know. Uh,
0: just in life. Just, yeah.
2: yeah. Just compensation as to uh, what you know the systems are geared toward and whatnot. But what I love about that is that that's, that's, as I mentioned earlier, that's such a specific thing that I can't relate to that exact, obviously, talk or whatever. No one had to tell me, just so you know, white people will be around you as you grow up. Um, <laughs> uh, but... But even though that's such a specific thing, what that is is ultimately a an older generation trying to make a better life for the younger generation and reaching out uh, through a simple human connection and uh, just reminding somebody that wherever they go, even if they feel alone, they're not going to be. And that's a very powerful message. And um, yeah, one thing I also didn't mention, and I'll briefly mention, is that um, even though we've definitely talked about it, I did love this film's uh, portrayal of uh, how toxic the image of masculinity, not just black masculinity, Mm -hmm. but masculinity in general uh, is and how that essentially uh, creates monsters and – the opposite amount to so like people not, you know, strong enough to actually survive. And um, it just a little moment of empathy, too. Uh, I think this movie loves all of its characters. Like, I don't think there's a single character, including the bully. The bully, because one of my favorite moments in this movie is after the uh, crazy chair slam Mm -hmm. down I love that the camera pans onto the bully for a second and he is like I don't think a single character in the entire film looks more scared empathetic and pathetic than he does in that moment
1: I thought about that because you actually mentioned that and I mean this is a really bad example I think but just the way of him kind of just torn down and and nothing really left in terms of his masculinity has been torn down but the image i uh, just can't escape me uh, reminds me of uh, in the final harry potter film after voldemort kills harry and then you see the dying little version of voldemort <laughs> yeah. under the bench oh god that's yeah. so fucked well yeah but it's just like you're you've been you liberals and your harry <laughs>
2: potter memes
1: you've completely been torn down and there's nothing yeah. left and now you're just going to hear be here and you're done Absolutely
2: though I I, yep. I definitely think that this movie like condemns that we failed him as well like and mm-hmm. that he's just as much a victim and that's that's ultimately what I love about this movie that yeah. it, it says we we have the tools and the capability to do good in this world and to build a better world, just so often uh, we choose not to, but hopefully we if can. only they would have listened to Apocalypse.
0: Yeah, if only. <laughs> yep, they could have built a better one.
2: But uh, yeah, it's, for me, it's a four and a half out of five. I think it's stunning in, on every level. And, um, and I, I will say, it was a unique experience to see this movie for the first time. And uh, before trump became president-elect and to see it twice since not because like the movie doesn't deserve to be obviously viewed on its own merit mm-hmm. but movies are a uh a snapshot of our culture and can be reactionary pieces or uh incidental or unintentional and i i love that this movie came i think right when it needed to yeah so yeah, yeah four and a half out of five
1: good stuff so, you, the listener, if you have any thoughts on Moonlight or, or any other films, really, you can always send them on to us at FilmTankShow at gmail.com. Or you can find us also on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at FilmTankShow. Very exciting uh, for us next week because our friend Brian will be back. Brian! Yes, sir! Brian. Joining us, and uh, this is going to be a very interesting episode, because we are going to be reviewing a film that myself and Nick saw earlier this year at the Sundance Film Festival, and uh, that is a film entitled First Girl I Loved, and it is a very interesting uh, coming-of-age drama story. Shared a lot with Moonlight, I think. Yeah.
2: As far as uh, the the decisions and consequences we make based on our sexuality and uh, whatnot.
1: Um, would, As a young adult, I, I would agree, and this film also uh, definitely just sticks it right in in terms of, Whoa. Ha, in terms Stick of, it in your... yeah. <laughs> oh rounders, what a good movie! But the film, the first girl I loved, is uh, has some very interesting moments, specifically late in the film, that really just bring a lot of uh, issues and feelings to the forefront, and I think perfectly encapsulate. Uh, the time period of being a 17-year-old. And obviously, Uh, I don't have too much to relate because this film is, for the most part, about females. Uh, There's uh, definitely some interesting moments here. And Brian, being a high school teacher, I'm very interested to see what his thoughts are on this film because um, I think he'll have some, and it's going to be great. He's going to be the Tim Heidecker of this group.
2: Huh. Because Tim Heidecker is in the movie as, I know. as a oh, yeah. benevolent uh, authority figure in a, high oh. sc- in a high school system. Anyway. Okay, very good.
1: So anyways, that will be coming up on our next episode. Uh, you can find all of our episodes anytime on FilmTankShow.com, or you can find our episodes also on iTunes or on Stitcher yeah. at Film Tank Show as well. From Nick Cheney to Sant Egan and myself, Alex Diekman, as always, thank you very much for listening to this episode. And we will catch up with you next time.